Well, we are in week four of our series, Make War. All right? How many of you guys are excited by that? Yeah? Here's some war cries. Those are actually pretty pathetic. But uh, we'll work on that. So we're in week four of Make, make War. And uh, maybe if, if you're just joining us for the first time tonight or hadn't been in the last couple weeks, really, in a nutshell, this series has been about preparing us for this war that we're in every single day. Getting us ready, opening our eyes, helping us understand that the war is here and the things that we need to win this battle that we're in. All right? So that's what we've been talking about. Now over, just to kind of recap us real briefly, we've been talking about how this this battle that we're in, this war that we're in, is a battle for our life. All right? It's life or death. It's every part of who we are. And um, that we've got an enemy, the devil, Satan, who is up against us, who wants to destroy us. But the good news is, is that we've got a defender in God. That God comes to our aid, he comes and he defends us. And the way that he defends us is by giving us spiritual armor. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked so far about the belt of truth. About living in the truth of who God is. We've talked, to, last week Jeremy did a great job of talking about righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness and about us um, having the shoes of peace. And carrying the message of the gospel into the world. Alright, and so the, the thing that we've talked about is how every single one of these pieces is so vital if we're going to win the war, if we're going to win this battle that we're in. Now before we get to what we're going to talk about tonight, here's what I want us to understand. What we're going to talk about tonight in this, this particular piece of armor that we need, I really believe that is oftentimes one of the most disregarded pieces of armor that God gives us. Not even just by teenagers, but by people in general. We just kind of disregard this. We don't think it's a big deal. Or for whatever reason, we just go into battle every single day without it. And there is a, a lot of ground that the enemy has taken where the enemy is destroying lives left and right. Largely because we choose to leave this piece of armor in our closet. And if we were to take this piece of armor into the battle, man, it would save us a lot of pain, a lot of fear, and a lot of heartache. And that's where we're going tonight, and so if you guys will just really stay locked in with what we're doing, I, I believe that God's going to challenge all of us in a cool way. Now before we get to what we're going to do tonight and, and, and that particular piece of armor, I think it's important for us just to circle back around and remind ourselves and all of us about the urgency of this battle that we're in, and how big of a deal this is. To understand we can't just dismiss it or ignore it or pretend like it doesn't, it's not there, but understand how big of a deal this is and that every single piece of armor that God gives us is necessary. Now, over the course of the series, we've been in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you guys have your Bibles tonight, why don't you go ahead and open to Ephesians chapter 6. And as we start tonight, we're going we're gonna to look back at verse 13 again just to remind us of how big of a deal this is. So look at verse 13 and what Paul says here. He says, Therefore... Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So Paul says in that verse that we have to have, if we want to stand firm, if we want to be able to resist the attacks of the enemy, we've got to make sure that we have not just part of the armor, but every single piece of God's armor. Now, he actually, in verse 16, and we're going to get to that in just a, a few minutes, he actually talks about, he takes it a step further and says that the enemy is out there 
and he is literally firing um, or shooting firing arrows, fiery arrows at us, all right? Burning arrows are being shot in our direction from the enemy, all right? That sounds fun, right? Sign me up for this. There's, um, this is not just a, and I love the, the imagery of that because it's not just, hey, there's a battle here going on and the enemy's coming to fight you. But he actually uses the picture of burning arrows, fiery arrows coming in our direction from the enemy. A few years ago, um, my uh, sister, older sister and brother-in-law were in town over New Year's. And so we, um, you know, we, we had some extra fireworks laying around. And so you know, we're all, you're always looking to, to shoot off fireworks, any, any opportunity to get, especially New Year's. And so... Being the, uh, the idiots that we were, my brother-in-law were, we decided that we were going to go out into the street and have a Roman candle fight. <laughs> Sounds like none of you have ever done that or thought of doing that before. So, so here's, all right, so we're idiots, all right, you got that, you understand that. So my brother-in-law and I walk out into the street, and Angie, my wife, is there, and my sister are out there, and um, so we kind of start back-to-back from each other. And we take five steps in, in the opposite direction. And then we light the candles and we just turn and just start going to town on each other. And, um, and it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to dodge a Roman candle from like 10 feet away. Um, but it's, I mean, you've got to be a ninja in order to do it. And so, you know, before you can even, as you see the fireball coming at you, it's on you. And, um, and so that's literally what it's like. So being the seasoned war veteran that I am... Um, I took a step, and as I started firing it, you know, I'm, I'm dodging left and right. You know, I'm quick on my feet. And, um, and I take a step to the right, and the, the, one of the last um, fireballs out of the uh, Roman candle came shooting out. And it was almost in slow motion. Just went hurling through the air right at my brother-in-law, directly into his face. And he immediately screams in pain, hits the ground, is rolling around. You know, I'm, I'm jumping up and down, doing this number, talking smack, you know, standing over top of him like, what? You know, what do you got now? And, um, and he's just, you know, screaming in pain. He, he stands up and his eyebrow is gone. <laughs> like, his eyebrow is gone. And, um, and so, you know, he walks in the house. My sister's mad at me. Um, Angie's kind of upset at me, like, why are you so stupid? But I'm still like, dude, that was, that was awesome. I just singed my my brother-in-law's eyebrow off with a Roman candle. And so, literally to this day, I mean, you can see where part of the eyebrow never grew back on his face. And so, for us now, we can laugh about it, and it's one of those cool deals. But in that moment, it was, it was kind of that understanding, that realization that, man, there are things flying at me with an incredible rate of speed. And I, I think back when I read this, this passage and think particularly about the enemy out there shooting firing arrow, fiery arrows or burning arrows at me and at us of just what a clear picture that is for us. Now, the reality for us is that we're not talking, we're not talking about Roman candles flying through the air at us with the intent to singe our eyebrows. All right, we're talking about fiery arrows that are coming at us, that are being shot at us with the intent and the ability to completely destroy us. That this is, this is a big deal. This is important for us to understand that this war is coming in our direction. This attack is coming at us. 
Now, when we're talking about these, these fiery arrows or these burning arrows, what are these burning arrows that Satan is firing at us? If you guys look at your notes, there's four primary that we're going to talk about tonight, four burning arrows that the enemy shoots at us. And I think for all of us, as we're talking through these, you might be able to identify one or two or maybe all of them that you have seen in some tangible ways in your life. Whereas you understand that, you go, you know what, I can name a time and a place where I felt like that was it. Or man, in this moment right now, my life, where I'm at, I feel like that's the case. The first burning arrow that Satan shoots at us is the burning arrow of doubt. The burning arrow of doubt. Now, this is a major weapon of the enemy. And here's what the enemy wants to, wants to get us to do. He wants us to doubt a lot of things. He wants to create doubt in our minds. And doubt about a lot of different things. Doubt about who we are. Doubt about ourselves. Man, am I really valuable? Do I really matter? Do, do people care about me? Do I have any significance? Those things where when, even those, those inner thoughts that we don't let anybody else in on. Those doubts, those fiery arrows, those burning arrows that Satan shoots at us about ourselves, about who we are. He, he tries to get us especially to doubt God. By asking questions like this, does God know what he's doing in my life? Or in general, does God really know what he's doing? Does God really love me? Does God really know the problems that I face? Does he really sympathize or empathize with my problems? Does he know what I'm going through in this moment? Is he really there? We think about the, the question of, man, does, does, can God really use me to reach people on my school campus? Or the doubt or the question, man, can God really do the impossible? Can God really do those things that seem, that seem completely um, impossible? And so all of those questions begin to enter into our mind and we begin to doubt God or we begin to doubt ourselves. And that's a burning arrow that the enemy tries to shoot at us is the burning arrow of doubt. Another arrow that the enemy tries to shoot at us is the burning arrow of fear. The burning arrow of fear. The armor that we have is compromised when we fear. And Satan uses fear to attack us all the time. And there's all kinds of things. We could go throughout the room and talk about the things that we're fearful of. All right, and it could be major things. It could be things that other people find insignificant. But all of us have things that we are fearful of. And it could be things about our life. It could be when, we, when you think about how we're going to die one day. Um, it could be things that we face in life. It could be stuff like, for you East students, last week that, that dealt with um, a gun threat on your school campus. And you think about, you fear moments and situations like that where what if somebody walked through the halls of this school and just started shooting off a weapon? We go through those situations where we, we're fearful. Man, I'm fearful of my mom and dad splitting up. Or I'm fearful of going through this situation. Man, I really fear what might potentially happen or what I might lose or somebody that I might lose. We're fearful about what our life will look like, about whether people will accept us for who we are, about maybe even what our friends will think about us if we stand up for our faith. And so because we're fearful, we just kind of cower and like Roman was talking about in that video, we just, we say nothing because we're afraid of what people might think or say, what our relationship with Jesus might cost us. 
we get fearful about that, and so we just stay comfortable. We stay on the sidelines, we go through the motions, because we're afraid of really what Jesus ultimately wants from us. Maybe we're even fearful that God, for whatever reason, whatever moment, will stop loving us, will stop caring about us. See, these are all fears that we have. And what we've got to understand is fear is of the enemy. There is no part of fear that is from God. All right, the things that we fear in this life, the things that, that, are, that scare us or intimidate us or cause us to be anxious or fearful, those things are not of God. Those things are of the enemy. In fact, listen to what 2 Timothy 1.7 says. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power of love and of self-discipline. And we talked about that first week, that the enemy's goal in all of our lives is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the way that he does that is by trying to get us to fear things. And that's how he wants to destroy our life. That's how he wants to steal our, our joy and our significance and our focus, is to cause fear in our hearts and in our lives. And what happens is we end up fixing our eyes on the circumstances or on the situations or the problems that we face rather than the God who is bigger than any circumstance or any situation or any problem that we face. And when we do that, we fear. It causes fear in our heart and in our life. The third arrow that the enemy causes or shoots at us is the burning arrow of confusion. When you combine doubt and fear, you're left with confusion. And I don't know what's right anymore. I'm confused about what I should do, about who I am, about who God is. We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago about, man, when we don't understand truth, we don't have clarity. And how we're just, we walk, wander through life confused. We don't know right from wrong. We don't know how we should act. We, we're confused about who we are and the way that the world's supposed to be. And that's a burning arrow that the enemy shoots in our direction is to cause confusion in our heart and in our mind. And the fourth one that, that the enemy shoots at us is the burning arrow of temptation. Now this goes back to the chess illustration we used a few, a few weeks ago, if you guys were here, where the enemy studies our life like a chessboard. Right? He knows everything about us. And he knows our weak areas. He knows those situations that we face. He knows those things that tempt us. All right, and all of us have those areas, those pressure points, or those things, those weaknesses, where if, if Satan comes against us with that temptation, man, we just crumble. We don't do a good job of fighting. We just feel weak and like we can't, we're powerless to do anything. And Satan's no dummy. He knows those areas. And he focuses a lot of his attention and a lot of his time, of his time on those areas. And he fires those burning arrows of temptation in, those, in that direction. And in those particular areas. And those weaknesses that we have, all of a sudden we find ourselves in those very situations that we are, feel so weak and powerless in. We find all of those things and all those temptations that seem to be right in our face. And it drives us crazy and we don't seem to be able to withstand it or, or to rise up against it or to fight against it. Well, Satan is, dece is uh, deceptive and he knows those areas and he comes after us and he shoots those arrows of temptation in those weak areas of our life. So we think about those four things. Doubt, fear, confusion, 
temptation. Those are four of the major arrows that Satan shoots at us every single day. Every day, those are coming at us with full force. And we talked about, and you, guys, you picture in your mind that, that understanding and how, how incredibly important this, this war that we're in is. And for us to understand the significance of this. Now just to help uh, illustrate that point a little bit further about how fierce this is and how dangerous these arrows are to our life. I want you guys to take just a minute and check out this, um, this video clip. And while you're doing that, I want you to picture yourself in this battle. All right? I want you to picture you taking on this kind of enemy fire and these arrows that are coming at you with this kind of force. All right, go ahead and check out the screen. All right, now when you guys watch that clip, did you picture yourself in that fight, in that battle, taking on that kind of enemy fire? I mean... I don't know about you, but as, as I visualize myself being, standing there and, and that kind of, that onslaught coming at me, I mean, it's, it's discouraging. It's, and it's difficult to think about us taking on that kind of enemy fire and feeling like we're going to come out okay. And the truth and what we've got to understand is that's how significant and intense the battle is for us every single day. And when we get that clear picture, when we get that understanding, man, they, it, it seems pretty bleak for us. Now that's what makes this next piece of armor that God gives us to us so significant and so valuable. That's what makes this piece of armor such a big deal for us in this battle that we're in. Look at what Paul says in verse 16. He says, at all times, carry faith as a shield. For with it, you will be able to put out all the burning arrows shot by the evil one. So armor number four, the piece that God gives us, what we're talking about tonight is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Put on this shield of faith. And make sure that you are armed with this shield of faith. For with it, you will be able to withstand every single arrow that the enemy shoots at you. And this is the, the weapon, the piece of armor that God gives us, is the shield of faith to, to fight off all of these burning arrows that come at us. Now, what is faith? Hebrews 11 says, uh, 11.1 says, faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. Now, our relationship with God is based on faith. All right, if, you, if you skip on later in, in chapter uh, 11 of, of Hebrews, the writer talks about how without faith it is impossible to please God. All right, it is by grace through faith that we come into a relationship with Jesus. So faith is such an, a significant, a foundational part of who we are in Jesus. And this war that we're in, this battle that we're in, faith is a huge part of who we are. Now, faith is not just making random assumptions. All right, faith is not just throwing our hands up or crossing our fingers and just kind of guessing that things will be okay or guessing that God can do something significant. All right, it's not just having that attitude of going, well, God, I know I'm supposed to have faith or I'm supposed to believe that you, you can do anything or that you can, you know, better my life or better the situation or help me through this difficult time. And so, God, I'm just going to have faith in you that I think that you can do something. 
know, that's not faith. That's not the kind of faith that God wants us to have. I mean, go back to what it says in verse 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. If we're to have true faith in God, if we're to have the faith that God wants us to have, it requires confidence. Faith requires assurance. It requires, it's not just blind luck. Uh, there's no doubt involved. There's no fear involved. It's us looking and saying, God, I wholeheartedly believe with every part of who I am, I have confidence in who you are. God, that no matter what I come up against, no matter what reality may seem, no matter what my experience has been in the past, no matter what other people are saying to me or, or whispering in my ear, God, I have faith and confidence and complete 100% trust in who you are. That's the faith that God wants us to have. And there's a huge difference between us living in fear and doubt and us living in faith. And for us in this battle that we're in every single day, we've got to put on the shield of faith. We've got to have that faith if we're able to withstand the attacks of the enemy and to stand firm. Now let me ask you something tonight. Do you have confidence in God? Now listen, I don't want any churchy answers, all right? I could care less about churchy answers. I want you to be completely honest with yourself and with God who already knows your heart anyway. Do you have confidence in God? Do you have confidence and complete hope and assurance? Do you have such faith in God that no matter what you're going through in life, you go, my God is bigger. My God is stronger. My God can do anything. Man, I'm looking at my life, and my life seems like complete crap right now, and it is spiraling out of control, or I'm going through difficult situations, or I'm experiencing pain or heartache in my life, or I'm looking at things that God's calling me to do in a life that he's calling me to live, and man, I have complete confidence in who God is, that I can, he can do anything through me. I look at this situation, and you know what? It pales in comparison to who God is. It might seem bleak, and the enemy is trying to get me to, to doubt or to, to cause fear or confusion in my heart, but I'm standing firm. I have confidence in who God is. And I know that he's going to show up, and I believe wholeheartedly and trust that God is who he says he is, and that he's, he's working even when I don't see what he's doing. And even when the, those moments and those situations and those times where I can't see with my eyes, I trust and I have confidence in who God is. Do you have that kind of faith? Or do you have this kind of faith in God? Yeah, God, please don't screw this up for me. God, please show up. God, I need you. I hope you show up. I hope you do something, but I don't really know. So I'm just crossing my fingers and I'm just kind of hoping that you'll do something significant. And there's such a huge difference between having this kind of faith that really isn't faith at all, the kind of faith that God wants, and us being steadfast and firm, knowing and believing that God can do the impossible. And when we have that kind of faith, and we hold up that shield, and it doesn't matter those arrows that come flying at us, it doesn't matter how intense the battle may be, 
It doesn't matter how many arrows are shot in our direction of fear and doubt and confusion and temptation. We hold up that shield of faith and we have confidence in who God is and we are unharmed. And the attacks of the enemy are wasted because of of the armor that we're holding up and that shield of faith that we are holding up. And that's how significant and vital and important faith is to our daily walk with God and in this war that we're in against the enemy. Here's the main point for us tonight. Faith means having confident trust in who God is and that he is present even when the answers are not. Faith means we have confident trust in who God is and that he is present, that he is working, that he is moving, that he is, he is and can and will do something even when we don't see what those things may be. Even when we don't see the answers in front of our face or with our eyes. Every night uh, before we put our kids to bed, we'll, um, we'll spend a few minutes and we'll, we'll do a Bible story or read a, a Bible verse or something and you know, just trying to, to teach God's word and talk about the stories in the Bible and what, you know, what God is capable of doing. And um, a couple months ago, we, um, we were in, in a verse in Psalms and it was talking about how God is our refuge. And, um, and our three-year-old Avery, for whatever reason, I don't even understand it, but he, man, he just latched onto that. And for the last couple of months, you know, every single time we're doing the story, he'll interrupt and he'll tap me on the shoulder or Angie on the shoulder and he'll go, hey, mom, dad, remember, God is our refuge. God is our refuge. And he'll, he'll interrupt. It doesn't even have anything necessarily to do with that particular story that night, but he just wants to remind us that God is our refuge, that God keeps us safe, that God protects us. And here's what makes this so significant, and especially for me as, as a dad. Is man, that, that kid in, in his three-year-old little heart just believes with everything inside of him that God is capable of doing something incredible. That God is his refuge. That God is able to protect him and to keep him safe and to block out the storms or the, the pain or the things that, that, that exist in life. To protect him from those bad guys that are out there or whatever that are coming to get him. Or, you know, as a, as a three-year-old little kid, man, he just gets it. And he doesn't stop and go, yeah, dad, but those, the bad guys that are out there, I mean, they're, they're really mean and they're strong and they're coming against us. And so, God, I don't know, dad, I don't know if God can really protect us from that. He's just latched on to that idea, man, God is our refuge. And he believes and has faith as much as a three-year-old little boy can do it, that God is who he says he is. And I just wonder for the rest of us, for all of us, at what point do we lose that just childlike faith in Jesus? At what point do we just lose that understanding and that just confidence that no matter what exists in life, no matter what the reality may be, or no matter what situations we face, that God is who he says he is. And even when the answers don't really seem visible or seem right in front of us, that we go, God, my faith and my confidence in you is so secure and so firm 
God, I'm choosing not to doubt. I'm not allowing these arrows to enter into my heart. But I think for a lot of us sometimes, for whatever reason, it's, you know, those expectations or, you know, maybe it's what happened in the past or what people say about us or for whatever reason, that childlike faith has left us. And all we do is we just stare into the eye of the hurricane or that storm that's coming at us or that, that chaos that's all around us. And we are just fearful and doubtful and confused and we are tempted by the things of life and we put our sword down. And when we do that, all of that fear and all of that doubt comes at us and destroys us. And for those of us that once had that childlike faith, for that to be restored to us, where we just go, you know what, I don't care, I'm choosing to believe, I'm choosing to believe who God says he is and what he promises that he's going to do, and so I'm going to be steadfast in that. For maybe some of us that have never had that faith, maybe we've never even placed our faith and trust in who God is, that, that God would bring us to a point where we begin to understand and go, God, I, I choose to have faith. God, give me the faith that I need to be able to live this, this war and fight this war that, that, you've, um, that I'm in, that you've called me to. Knowing that you have given me the faith that I need to help defend me against the attacks of the enemy. You guys, we have to live in faith. It is impossible to please God and to live this life and to fight this battle without faith. And for some of us, God's got to restore that. For some of us, we've got to stop looking at the problem, stop looking at the situations, and stop thinking about what God probably can't do, and start putting our faith and our confident hope in who God says he is, and that he can do whatever it is, no matter how impossible it may seem. And when we do that, man, we will start to see God move and work in our heart and in our life. And all of that doubt and fear will no longer have the effects that the enemy wants it to have. We've got to hold up that shield of faith. We've got to live in faith. Let's pray. God, I know that there are students in the room tonight and leaders and a lot of us who, man, the the fear is strong. The doubt is, is strong. The confusion is very real in our mind and in our heart. God, there are areas of temptation that the enemy has just fired one arrow after another in our direction. And it seems like every single time it is a direct hit. God, you have given us an incredible weapon to fight and to defend us against not most of the arrows that are shot against us or shot at us, but every arrow that the enemy shoots at us. God, I pray that we would no longer be people who just live with kind of this half-hearted, complacent, um, apathetic faith who go, yeah, maybe God can do something, or I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that God will show up. But God, we start living and believing for you to do the impossible, for you to do what you promise that you can and will do. God, we would stop looking at the problems and stop looking at the situations, and we would start turning our heart and our life over to you and having trust in who you are. Knowing that you will show up, that you defend us, and that you will give us the victory. God, we just help us to do that. We need you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.